Come on! And the data doc of talk is Tech Talk. Well, it's that time again. Time for Tech Talk with my good buddy, my data doc of talk. The little short guy, Dr. Jay Prince. Jay, how are you doing, buddy? Wait, how did I get the little short guy? When did that nickname come across? I don't know. The it just came to me, you know. It's been so long. Oh, short guy, guy, short guy, big heart, big soul, you know. But, but uh, uh, anyway. kind of challenged vertically. Yeah. So, yeah. so I understand you're still in our uh, South Florida studios. Uh, dude, yeah. Broadcasting. Uh, so live. I've, I've, yeah. Well, you know, um, I, you know, you, we, you and I, we were in Panama City Beach. That was cool. And then I went to Clearwater for a couple of days of rest and relaxation. And I, I, guys, I took this tiki boat thing where a boat, like literally, is a tiki hut, and you just drink on the tiki hut boat. It was badass. I saw. So that. I did that. I saw yeah, that. that was amazing. And then, but unfortunately, I had my mom. You know, I'm I'm at the age where my parents are getting older, and I'll just tell everybody about my world. But my mom fell again, second time in like six weeks, and luckily she didn't, you know, break anything. But she did fall, and so I want. I was close enough where I drove. Drove from the other side of the state to here to make sure that she was okay, get her radiology ordered, and make sure her OT and PT was set up. So I'm still here. That's good. I'm glad to hear that you're safe. It's probably cold back That's home. Cold. I know here in oh, Oklahoma, freezing. it is freaking cold. We had 12 below zero last night of actual air temperature. It, it is cold. What do the cows do, Brad? What do the cows they do? They die. You know, they die. Do they really? Well, yeah, they can. I mean... Uh, That's they terrible. Have to, they have to keep them fed well and and try to provide some kind of shelter for them. But it it is super cold uh, here t- mm. today. Crazy cold. Hey, we've got a great guest. Somebody both you we and do. I, we do somebody you and I've known for years. I know that you you've known him for a long time, uh, Doctor Brian Capra. Uh, Brian is a he's a he's a very talented guy. He's got a lot of things going for him. I know him from his uh, Genesis practice management software. It's a well-known software in the chiropractic industry. Uh, we've partnered with him over the years and tried to try to do things with him. But Brian, I know, is a very interesting guy. You do a lot with him. Uh, Brian, welcome to Tech Talk. We appreciate you. Yeah, we appreciate. Yeah, we appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your day to uh, join us today. Pleasure. It's happy to. I'm happy to see some faces with the COVID world going on, and see you guys. And the short comment. I don't know either. I don't remember how tall you are anymore, Jay. Like I haven't seen you. Dude, let's <laughs> that go this way. Your, your hair. I don't know. You are not looking down at me. I know that. I know that. I know, that. Sure. I know we're looking up at Brad for sure. <laughs> You're looking up at Brad. Brad's a little taller than us. <laughs> Must yeah, be that Midwest. That growing up Midwest stuff. <laughs> right. You got to make it through the cold winter, I guess. But bro, it is great. It is great to have you on the podcast. Um, we we have become very good friends. I'll never forget the time that I first met you. I was introduced to you from another chiropractor. Yes. I was I was using Future Health software. Steve yes. Krauss and 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 Aaron Reynolds, very good friends of mine. Yeah. Never thought I would leave that company. Um, but as you and I just started talking more and more, and as some things changed with future health, you know, private equity, blah, 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 sold to Kyra Touch, yada, yada, yada. Um, we stayed in contact. And the next thing I knew, I was like, you know what? 
this this is a better this is a better software for our company, and this has the ability to help us really deliver value at scale. And there there was a, really two things that stood out for me, Brian. Um, the the first thing is just automated workflow, which we definitely want you to talk about. Mm-hmm. And the second thing was sure. just the level of data and analytics and reporting that the the system has. I mean, look, every system has its limitations. You know, Genesis does a great job at documentation, but it's so much richer than that. I mean, it is so much richer than that. And I think a lot of times chiropractors are buying software, especially EHRs, because they're thinking about documentation. But when you can combine documentation with practice management on steroids, you can take your practice to the next level and beyond. So that, that's how I feel about Genesis. You know, I'm a freaking raving fan. Um, yeah, no, I, yeah. I mean, listen, if I hated it, I would, I would say I hate it, but you know, I love it. And I, I want you to talk about kind of how you came to, to help co-found Genesis and then kind of the brainchild behind this automated workflow piece, which I don't think enough people know about. They don't. And it's really, um, it's a very, uh, it's kind of um, counterintuitive, um, I, I find for a lot of people, you and I, Jay, I think um, I remember you were in the conversations. Yeah, I think Jay, is, um, when it comes to workflow, I'll come back to that in a second, but uh, it's somewhat counterintuitive. We've had several conversations. I remember our first conversation was more where I started talking about, you know, a centralized database in the cloud and analytics. And when I mentioned workflow, that's where you, I remember seeing like you kind of were hearing because you aren't, I think you, were driving and I was driving, but I was driving. It was like, yeah, yeah. You're like, that's interesting, um, and yet, and yet, it's it's somewhat counterintuitive to how workflow really gets a tremendously different result than other technology. And it's not it's not exclusive to practice management. But uh, you mentioned a couple of things earlier. You mentioned workflow. You mentioned reporting. You mentioned documentation. Uh, let's talk about reporting. There's I can't tell you how many times I've been on the phone with doctors talking about, you know, just starting the conversation. They want to know how many reports we have. And so you've already kind of nailed that, you know, we have great reports, but I always ask them, okay, what report are you looking for? And then they say, well, you know, whatever X, Y, Z report. And I say, okay, um, how often do you actually look at that report? Ah, you know, so-and-so. And then I say, and what do you do about the report if the numbers don't look like you know you want them if it's a kpi like it could be one kpi and they're like well you know and it starts to kind of unwind pretty quickly yeah fall apart pretty quickly and it's not that you know you, you manage your practice and, and it's you do look at them you know maybe you know you have some time you look at them and you're like oh you find a problem and you try to solve the problem that you now see in that one report so if it's like no shows or something simple it's like oh my gosh or a patient or an attrition report, for example, you could see patients that have fallen off care and then you realize that there's a commonality between a certain number of patients that have fallen off of care and you start to wonder how many other patients and then you're now you're like diving into all your your charts and figuring out how many other patients and where the process broke down and you try to solve that problem and maybe you do better, you know, more training, maybe you're understaffed and you solve that problem only to find another problem you know, in another report, when you have time to look at the next report, and it's kind of like a vicious cycle. Like you kind of keep looking and finding problems. And it's what I call management by fire. 
those numbers are important and don't get me wrong i have a huge value for reports and kpis are super important but most of our kpis are lagging indicators yep and uh what i mean by that if you don't know what that means is it's already too late like the problem's already occurred so you're trying to now solve a problem the kpi shows you that it's happened but it's already happened so that's where workflow comes in it's how do you use technology to proactively prevent the KPI from going south or north, whatever the problem might be, right? So that's where workflow comes in. So um, I think you asked me a few questions, how did we get started in this and all that? Um, so what, what I was facing in, in practice was a simple problem that a new, most, uh, you know, a lot of new doctors face when I had, I had a successful practice, I got up and running pretty quickly, seeing, you know, between two and 300 visits a week and I was in a gym and, uh, you know, very active um, patient base and families and kids, and it was a, a great practice. Um, I forgot to learn how to do insurance <laughs> when I was in school as an associate. <laughs> forgot, you know, I forgot the whole thing. I knew how to create a care plan and kind of guesstimate what the insurance is going to cover, but you know, I really didn't dive too deep into it. So what I did was I hired an outsourced billing service and. Um, from my mentor. My mentor was a, a big, a very well-known doctor in the profession, had a huge practice and lots of followers. And, you know, so I got that billing company that he was using and started using them. So there's a lot of problems though, because I was collecting money every month. And, but I, you know, what I would have to do was like fax them the patients I saw every day and what I did with them. And it was like, that was okay. Cause when I had staff, you know, you just let them do that. Um, if they, and I would be getting money with that. If they do it, and they, they sometimes they may do it, and sometimes they may not do it. Yeah, and sometimes they get it, and sometimes they don't. How do you really know? Like, you know, fax confirmation, you know, this is 16 years ago, but, um, you know, whatever the case may be, like, did they get it? Did they So what if they got it? Did they submit it? When did they submit it? How quickly did they submit it? Are they following up on that stuff? Or, you know, are they just... Basically, am I just getting the checks because they're submitting claims? Are they following up on all the claims or just the big claims? You know, what's really going on there? And um, so that came down to what is that called? That's you feel like you're, you, you know, the, the traditional problems with billing were, you know, you lose control. I felt like I was out of control. You lose transparency. I couldn't see what they were doing. I didn't know what they were doing. Um, and there was no accountability to results because, how the heck do I know? They would send me a report every month in a FedEx envelope. And I, you know, by the time, you know, a year and a half later, I had, uh, you know, 18 envelopes on my desk <laughs> that I would never <laughs> look at. Because they're, they're <laughs> the stack, I'm like, yeah, there they are. They must be doing something. But, you know, what am I going to do? Open that up and look at paper. And if I found a problem, what would I even do about it? It's just, no, and there's no that's a report, a good example where reports are not actionable. I couldn't do anything about, even if I found a problem. So this is where workflow comes in and it's a totally, you know, light years ahead of where that situation was to where um, the solution I found. So I, I long story short, I, I got introduced, my practice was in Princeton, New Jersey. I got introduced to two, two guys. One was um, Bell Labs, PhD, um, in artificial intelligence, used to be a CIO on Lehman uh, Brothers on Wall Street, and his son was a, just a, a graduate from a computer science graduate from Princeton. My practice was in Princeton. I got introduced to them. 
they had just so happened to have building technology for medical billing. Um, and they had no, they had no guinea pig. <laughs> so, um, I'll, and I got introduced, I said, hey, let's try it out. And the, the difference was, first of all, it was in the cloud. So, and this was again, 16 years ago. So this was a long time ago. This was when the cloud was a scary thing. So we, we started, first thing was I could submit my staff, I should say, was able to submit the claims like real time online. And now I know they were in, they were in the system. Right, they weren't like waiting. In a bit. I didn't have to worry that they did the facts get there. I didn't have to worry if they were submitted. I didn't have to worry. It was just there, and it was in, and we knew it because we could see it. It was online. Um, and then, you know, the the second phase of that is to make sure the claims were correct before they were sent. So, uh, Brad, I know this is a lot about what you know a lot in, in your world, like making sure the data is clean before we get it to through the clearinghouse and onto the, the insurance company, like just cleaning it. And then it was, you know, you think about the claim life cycle. What has to happen next? Well, um, the thing people forget, and it's back to the KPIs, when they're thinking about accounts receivable and, um, and collections, there are a lot of times they're looking at their collections number, and it goes up and down, up and down. I don't really know why, because sometimes you get a check, a big check from three months ago. You don't know why your collections are high this month, right? So... What's the thing, if the KPI, let's say, is accounts receivable, and you want that to be low, obviously, when it goes up, if you're looking at a report, all of a sudden the number goes up, now what do you do? Because AR matters like you know, 120 days later. If that number goes up, it's a 120-day-old problem by that time. So that's too late. You know, it's too late. Meaning that if even if you fix it today, you're still going to have a problem for 120 days before you get back to normal. It's a problem, uh, and it's real. It's real dollars. So, what's the the leading? So, if that's the lagging indicator, what's the leading indicator? What's the number? What's the thing that you should be looking at on a day to day basis, if you could? And that's where workflow comes in. Workflow from the billing perspective means how many claims do I need to? follow up on slash fix right now, today, before the end of the day, to make sure the insurance company pays me every penny I deserve as fast as possible, right? So that's from the billing world, that's the number. It's the number of claims. In, in billing, people don't realize a lot of times that what gets you paid, beside all the nuance to submission, which that, that kind of solved that problem, is, is what gets you paid is follow-up on all the little things that insurance companies try to catch you on. But not only just follow up, it's follow up the second it's available to be followed up on. So the second your claim has gone out and not back paid or not, there's no EOB back, you got to follow up on that day. So what, what this technology did, leveraging artificial intelligence, it's looking through all your claims all the time, and it's flagging, finding the claims, looking for the the claim that needs to be followed up on. Maybe there's no EOB back. Maybe there's a line item denial. Maybe proactively you flag the claim because you forgot a modifier or something like that. And it's bringing all that work rather than leaving it in a report. It's bringing the work to the to one centralized place. We call it a workbench, and the system is telling you this claim is here because of this reason, and you need to do this today. Right, follow up on this claim today for this reason. Follow up on this claim today for this reason. And if you do that, all of a sudden, every single day, you're able to 
become, first of all, there's a tremendous amount of accountability and actionability, right? You can see as I'm logging in now, I know how many claims need attention today to get me every penny I deserve. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Total game changer. It is a game changer. Yeah. It's been a game changer for yeah. us. And, um, and the ability for us to drill down and identify um, where our money is and what's coming through the door mm-hmm. has been a mm-hmm. godsend for us. So, so thanks, yeah. thanks for the explanation because I think other chiropractors really need to hear that and understand that in order to transform the way they think about their businesses. So, Brad, I, I know we're, yes. we're coming up on a break, yes? Yes, sir, we are. Let's take a, let's take a short break. Uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes with Dr. Brian Capra. Tech Talk. Tech Talk. Reaching your potential brings you the freedom to run your practice the way that you want. Does that mean gaining more patience or more profit? or more time spent pursuing other dreams. Kaizenovate can help you achieve the freedom you want by providing the education, technology, and consultation expertise to help you grow your practice and achieve your dreams. Kaizenovate, the developer of the Canvas app, the app that can take your practice to the next level by providing a customized, direct connection between your practice and patients. Through a built-in rewards program, Canvas can grow new and existing patient numbers and increase your patient's adherence to care plans. What does your custom dream app look like? Elevate your practice with Kaizenovate, www.kaizo-health.com. Come on! And the data doc of talk is Tech Talk. Well, we're back. It's Tech Talk. We're list. We're talking with Dr. Brian Capra of Genesis Software. He's he's far beyond that. But Brian, you were you were leading into some things that really hit home with me. Uh, some of the things that we do with your clients. You know, there there is a difference in in what you do, what we do. We we sort of mutually exist with each other and help each other making sure that the doctor gets paid with the least amount of effort possible. And, and I know you talked a little bit about cleaning up claims and, and getting those claims ready to go to the payer, which is one of the big things that we do at Infinity uh, for all our practice management companies. But we're looking for those oddities that are just not just not right. We know the payer is going to reject for certain reasons, and we use that artificial intelligence also. It's pretty amazing when claims come from your system into our system. Uh, you know, the rejection rate is just almost nil at that point in time because it's being scrubbed really well uh, at your at your system and then at our system. So claims go in. But tell you know, one of the metrics we use to let docs understand is you you were talking about it earlier is to let a doc know from the day they see their patient to the day the claims filed. That's one of the analytical metrics that we give back to them. It shocked me Mm -hmm. when we first started tracking that. You know, we actually saw when we looked at large populations, we actually saw some times that were like 300 days from the day that a doc saw the patient till they filed the claim. 
It's just crazy to me. And everybody asks me, well, what, what is a normal time frame? You know, I think that day, for sure, by the next day, why don't it's you late. talk a little bit about what it's your late. system the next, does? next day's late, right? Like, it's that day. It's, da, it's that Period. day. But, you know, granted, maybe it's after 4 or 5 o'clock. I don't know. But 300 <laughs> days is just crazy. <laughs> oh it's just, nobody nobody cares about know. cash flow. Well, I don't know what business. Imagine Amazon if you ordered something and it came 300 days later. No I kidding. Mean, like, I mean, come on, guys. No, no kidding. But you, you, you pay no a such thing as that business in there. Yeah. Yeah, you pay a lot of attention to that. Could you talk just a little bit more about that and what you do? Uh, that work mm -hmm. table that you that you uh, you have for your docs. Yeah. So there's a couple of numbers there. One is uh, clean claim rate. Um, and that's something we're constantly looking at and building in more what we call validation. Validations are rules, things that the artificial intelligence looks at a claim before. It's kind of like a filter, right? Like it, before it gets out to a clearinghouse or direct to a payer, we want to make sure that there's nothing that's going to prevent it from getting paid up front. So if we flag a claim and we send it right back to the practice and tell them what's wrong, it could be something like you forgot to put the birth date on the patient account, right? Something simple could be more complex, like a modifier or something like that. So we are, um, we're, we actually measure the clean claim rate, meaning that the percentage of claims that get to the payer and back and paid uh, with not uh, one human interaction. That's just kind of a clean claim rate. Um, the other problem of timely um, is interesting. You'd be amazed at how many practices we, we look at unbilled claims all the time. We also look at undocumented visits, meaning they didn't create a note. Um, and so when we start, we started as purely billing, as a billing platform, and then we built on top of that, as you know now, practice management, scheduling and so on, so, and documentation. But we built as a billing company first, get you paid first. So the scheduler, it's from check-in to build, like how long does that take? It really shouldn't take, the way we built the documentation system, Jane knows this, is, um, and as it's evolving even more, it, the documentation and billing is one step. It shouldn't be two steps. Like I document my visit, if I do that, and then my staff somehow maybe generate the claim from what I documented. It just, as soon as you start to break the process apart, it breaks down and takes longer. Yep. So we knew pretty early on that when you're documenting the screen that you're documenting on, and actually the first phase, the first version of the system, there was no documentation, so it was just a claim creation screen. Then we built the documentation in that screen. And today, the documentation actually, from what you documented, creates the claim. So now you can be confident that your, your document matches your claim or supports your claim. Um, so as far as how long it, it shouldn't take, it, it, literally your claim should be created in theory, unless you're super busy, like before the patient leaves the door. Like what other business operates any other way? Right. Um, you know, that, that, that can scale. And so that's, that's the gold standard. Um, but we see all, all kinds of other things. We have clients that have hundreds of thousands of unbilled visits. They never submit the book the claim to begin with. Uh, they collect a lot of cash up front from the patient um, for their, you know, their, care, their cash portion. And, you know, when they get to their claims, they get them. That's obviously not good business. 
we have a lot of a lot of practice. I can't. I, can't, I like, it's crazy. I can't believe it. I can't it's crazy. It. Yeah, and then we have, a, of course, ton, most of our clients are on top of it. Like Jay, like they're seeing patients, they're documenting it, and at the same time, they're done with their encounter. Their notes created. It's compliant and it supports their claim because they're tied together and the claims created before the patient leaves the office. That's how it should happen. Um, and then, of course, what you're seeing going, the claim coming to you for most, for the most part from us is it's gone through our validation process, which is not just the typical validations. It's all the things we've seen over the years. It's millions of validations built in to make sure the claim has the best chance of getting paid. Because if I could just take one minute, the insurance companies make more than half of their profit on the float. The float is the interest on the money, uh, on your money. That's right. And docs don't understand right? so that, that very well. That means they built this whole system to, to be complex. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah it's, pers- it's just interest on your money. So your money should be in your pocket. Every day it's not, they collect interest. That's how they make half their profit. Well, so it's intentionally complicated. Right. Can I clarify yeah. that for one second? Yes. When they say yeah. make money on the float and the, it's your money, what what Brian is saying is that they're collecting premium dollars. Those premium dollars go into the bank. They're earning money on that through their investments from that cash flow. And the less they have to pay out or the longer it takes for them to have to pay it out, the more money they make on the investments and the interest that they have for these for these uh, cash flow models. So I just wanted to make sure exactly. that they understood where the cash was coming from. It's coming from premium dollars. Premiums, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Lawyers pay, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we have. Uh, yeah, and, and just a little point on that. Yeah, Jay, at some point, that's your money, right? As soon as you've seen the patient, it's your money. 100%. So that, that's what I, when I say it, it's money, dollar uh, interest on your money, at that point, it's yours. And it, you deserve it. And now they're collecting interest every day you don't submit. It's interest on your money. So sorry, Brad, go ahead. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, it, that. Uh, can I just say one thing really quick? I'm really sorry. I went to a blockchain conference and I heard an executive from a major payer actually make that comment. Like we make money on holding our dollars. And I was like, oh my God, I thought that was kind of, like I kind of thought it was true because I've heard it so many times, but like, is it an urban legend? But literally the executive. No. Like that is the reality. Sorry, Brad. It's, it's subtle. You don't believe it, but it's like, man, it's just math. You know, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. And the thing is, yeah. you know, as time, as time has evolved technology, Brian, I remember when I first bought Infinity, we actually transacted with payers via fax also. That's just was that long ago. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what evolved this is we started getting clients in states like Florida and stuff. And when you'd try to fax reports back to the doc in Florida or to the payers, you know, flat facts were uh, governed back then and they'd get squished or stretched out. And it, it was a nightmare. And that's when we decided to use the internet and transfer. Now, now the world's totally different. I mean, uh, we just we just added uh, we just added some analytics. I was just looking at where we can tell in real time the users on our website how they're what pages they're looking at, what they're doing, what they're transacting in real time on our website. That's how good it's getting. And there is no reason in today's world with a software like yours and a clearinghouse like mine, that docs shouldn't get paid easily within that 10-day time frame, if not quicker than that. 
And, uh, you know, we Absolutely. do everything we can. We have, you were talking about rule space. I mean, we have hundreds of thousands of rules because all of ours are payer specific, doctor specific, um, you know, yeah. specific certain times of the week. It's just amazing the things that we apply to those to help get docs paid in the fastest way possible. Because today with reimbursements getting cut, docs need every dime they can possibly get to. And to, um, you know, not to build a claim for days or is just crazy in today's world. Yeah, and if I could, you know, what's interesting about what you just said is there's no reason why 10 days. What's interesting about that is when we started this company, I told you one of my, my partners was a CIO at um, on Wall Street, top, the number one bank in the world. So he, um, he, that's where his mind got applied. He brought that thought process. The Wall Street concept is there's way more complex transactions happening on Wall Street every single day. Um, and by law, everybody has to be paid by the end of the day, not like 10 days from now. <laughs> like the technology exists today for us all to get paid the moment we see the patient, is my point. Absolutely. Um, and, I, I, and so again, back to Jay, what we were talking about, you're, you're amazed the CEO of this big company said that, like, we're, like because it's now down to 10 days, doesn't mean that it's not still a huge gap and 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 the the, the playing field is still com totally in their favor 10 days is 10 days is 10 days of interest that's all it is um and there's no reason why when you see a patient so uh, i'm sure that day won't come when it'll be zero days oh, but by law on wall street that's what it is right now yeah absolutely we did a project with visa and the analytics that they had were just amazing because they were borrowing money on an hour-by-hour -hour basis. So they, they would go out and, and hedge that, you know, to say, we're going to need X number of dollars in the next 30 minutes, and we'll go out onto the open market <laughs> and, and, and borrow money for that. Jay, yeah. we, we got to take it's time to take another quick little oh, break. Come on, we're man! You we're taking all these breaks for all these, all these commercial sponsors that pay us a lot of, a lot of dough to do this. Yeah, I just want to keep. Gotta keep the lights on, Jay. Gotta gotta keep the lights on. Somebody's gotta keep Brad's house warm. <laughs> we'll be right. Okay, sorry. All right, guys. We'll be right back with Tech Talk with uh, Dr. Brian Kemper. All right. You are listening to Tech Talk Healthcare with today's guest, Dr. Brian Capra. Brian is the executive director of Genesis Practice Management Software, located in Princeton, New Jersey. Thank you for joining Tech Talk. Tech Talk is heard on Anchor FM and many other internet radio stations around the globe. Thank you for joining us. Come on! And the data dock of talk is Tech Talk. All right, we are back with Tech Talk and my good friend, Mr. Brad Koss, who I call the most important non-chiropractor in chiropractic, and Dr. Brian Capra. What's up, Brian? What's up? Little Zeppelin bringing us in. I like that. Oh, yeah. You got some good music, man. I used to be a DJ back yeah. in the day. Back he in the he day. hasn't told you. Uh -oh. that, 
Hey, that's no, right. that's that's new information. My man spun some vinyl. <laughs> it was vinyl. It was vinyl back in the day. That and eight tracks. You know, thirty-second eight there tracks. Eight tracks. Yeah, carts. Wow. Um, so what's what's really cool is um, we all live in the technology space. You guys have been doing it a lot longer than I have, but um, but I love the space. You guys know how passionate I am about it and the things that we're doing in Kaizenovate. But but I, I really want you guys to talk about what you think are like the most important developments that are going to happen in the health tech space in the next couple of years like not beyond two years like in the next two years like what do you think is going to or even the next year what do you think is going to impact um the chiropractic and the healthcare community the most you guys have this symbiotic relationship you guys work together I want to hear what you all think about that sure brian go ahead well you know brian one of the things that i think we were just sort of touching on it earlier i think docs is the one thing jay and i've been trying to do is is get docs to enter the technology world. And it, that's been a challenge at times uh, to get them to involved in using these tools that you and I have developed. And then I think payment is one of those things that docs are going to need. They need that cash flow to happen. They need it to happen relatively quick, quickly. And it's really and truly, I use the analogy of an ATM transaction. It's about the same thing. And you know how fast that mm-hmm. can happen. Um, so I think doing that and then educating docs using the analytics that I know you're, you're doing and what we've come up with, uh, we have both provider analytics on our website where they they can see everything about the claim, about the payer, what's happening, what's their practice. Now we've added a module for financials so they can track their financials a lot better and understand we've mobilized that. So it's, it's on a phone app. Mm-hmm. But what do you what do you see from your perspective? Because you really have the provider before we get to them. What what kind mm-hmm. of technological changes do you see happening that's that's going to change in the next couple of years? As Jay mentioned, man, it's uh, there's a lot. Um, there's a few things: payments and, and analytics and data are huge. And I think we're kind of already on that that train's already left. We're already doing that. I think you're right about getting docs on technology or used to technology and, you know, and, and that's come a long way because when we started Genesis, the cloud was a scary thing and now it's the first thing, it's a requirement for, for new prospects, right? New new leads, if you would. Um, the first thing they want is the cloud, but 16 years ago, it was like, well, I'm scared of the cloud, right? So it's come a long way. Um, I think what's happening um, with documentation becoming more and more and more intelligent. Jay and I have been working on something for two years. We built the whole thing and it's actually, we're already on the next phase of that. Um, we're documentation being tied to reimbursement and an actual outcomes being tied to reimbursement. That data, not just reimbursement data, but outcomes relative to reimbursement. I think Jay, we could agree that that's the thing that's gonna drive policy. Um, for for doc for doctors, ultimately that's the thing, and that again that train is left. It'll take some for, some time for the earlier adopters and adopters to come on board to understand that. But um, that's probably the biggest thing. And then as far as practice management technology goes, um, um, we got to remember that a lot of what doctors make in their pocket is cash, and uh, we've got we've done a lot of things to make sure that it's not just the insurance dollars that are coming in as fast as possible with the the cash portion of the, the care plans 
which is becoming larger and larger, is also streamlined as much as possible. And then also as far as practice management technology goes, um, this is, I think, what's really, really fascinating to me is it's becoming more and more about the patient experience where um, documentation is what we do, you know, checking in and checking out, that's what we do. But since we have so much data about the patient, the communication to the patient about what's going on. I know, Jay, you're, you're, you're already leading the charge on this with, you know, an app being built is huge. Um, the fact that we have information, whether it's patient age or gender or diagnosis or procedure, and we can communicate them specific to them, specific about their condition, how it relates to the care they're receiving or uh, ancillary products that might help support them and um, keep in touch with them and really help them understand and feel like we really care about them is, is huge. And, the, and this is also kind of abstract. Yeah, you and I talked about this again. We were driving, or I was driving. I think you were driving. Yeah, um, that the, num the numbers, we can't lose. They seem abstract when you talk about them. But the numbers that Jay talked talking about, just by having an app that patients have interaction with when it comes to patient retention and compliance to their care and results, and, of course, if patients are staying longer and getting better results, they're going to refer more people along with reimbursement and outcome data, when we start to tie that all together, and we really start to are able to educate policymakers and the, the general public about how this really impacts the real life and, and life quality of life of people, that's where we can really start to drive the message of chiropractic into the general population. And at the same time drives policy, which drives up reimbursement. I think we're, we are, at the cusp because of technology. Technology has really leveled the playing field when it comes to healthcare. It really has because, you know, we can really stay closely um, attached to the patient and the, and the general population in, a, in a, such a major different way than we could even just five years ago. Uh, so that's what I'm seeing is ha happening right now and I think it's gonna make a huge impact. Uh, in our profession and, and for patients, yeah. No, that was brilliant. I love that. And you, there were so many gems there. And, and I would recommend that who's ever listening to this podcast, you go back and listen to the last five minutes of, of what was just discussed because the, the things that Brad and, and you guys just talked about is what the future is going to be. It's not, it's not a hypothesis. And it's so interesting because it's like Brad kind of, owns the payer control piece and Brian you kind of own the provider control piece and we are working on the patient engagement piece I was literally just thinking about this is Brian you were talking it's like all of these elements together to drive improved outcomes and improved reimbursement for providers for delivering better outcomes is really where we're going to be in two years and so it's just like mm -hmm. so cool for us to be like so interconnected with the same mission of driving value it's just it's it's fucking Absolutely. phenomenal and i'm gonna get <laughs> not probably just bleak, but that's fine you know brian can you hear me now can you hear me now you know brian one of the things we've been doing in my analytics company is we're we've launched in we've got it in beta right now but in the md world we we've got a value-based care tool and an outcomes assessment kind of tool 
that we, we overlay every provider that a patient sees, and we're now adding chiropractic layer to that. So not only do you get to see value-based care within one spectrum, you're actually, by adding chiropractic, you're now seeing every layer, multiple layers of value-based care. Mm-hmm. And okay. I think for one of the very first times, you'll actually see and be able to compare conservative care and what is happening in the in the other care cycle that the patient is going through. Right now, there's not a lot of mixing of that information in that records, but because we are at that high level and we do collect that, and now we've built this analytical tool to allow not only all the providers, but the patient also to be a part of that record set. We're real excited yeah. about getting that live here in the next few months. So, it's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal it. tool. Brian. You, need, you and Brad need to connect on that. You need to see this tool. It is remarkable. And all of this is about putting the patient, the patient at the center of this healthcare journey. That's what it's about. You awesome. thought I was sort of yeah. nuts when I started talking about putting the patient at the center. Remember that scenario that I talked in our conferences, putting the patient in the scenario in the center of it and taking the doctor out because that's really where outcomes are and value-based care is all about is taking care of the patient and giving them the best life possible. Absolutely. We're starting to collect the data today. Yep. <laughs> so, so Brian, we only have like a, a minute or two left, but you just had a major mm-hmm. life event. Um, why don't you just share with mm-hmm. the audience what, what just happened with you? October 10th, 10, 10, 2020. I got uh, married. It's my, my second marriage. Um, and uh, we, uh, in spite of COVID, we said, you know what? Screw COVID. We're going to make it happen. So we had a, uh, uh, we had a, uh, a, a wonderful ceremony down in Tampa where you near where you were recently in Clearwater uh, and for the Super Bowl. Um, And uh, we really awesome location. We found a hotel that was converted, uh, I should say, an old federal courthouse that was converted into a hotel. So it had the huge columns and the steps and it had the United States of America on top and Mm. um, just like that old chiseled into the building kind of thing. And Beautiful ceremony. We were limited to the number of people we had, but, you know, I think it made it even better in a way. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, like you said, it's a major life change in, in a way. And um, we're, we're, we're happy. I also have my, my uh, son, who's going to be turning 13. So that's a, that's a life-changing event, just a 13-year-old. Oh, yes. and, oh, yes. and if I could say something real quick about my son, he... Um, a beautiful kid, just huge heart. And uh, recently, I found out he had a, he can't walk into my office, and all of a sudden, I see his head shifted. He's growing like he's he wears my shoes. He's twelve years old. That's how big he is. Wow. And um, and he his head is shifted. I'm like, what the heck happened? I checked his spine. I'm like, it's all it's shifted. Took him to a scoliosis specialist, and I, I want to mention his name, Dr. Tony Nalda, in Celebration, Florida. 27 degree scoliosis. Wow. Um, this is a kid under chiropractic care, but he's growing so fast and his ligaments are super, super, super flexible. I mean, he does things like a contortionist, right? So part of the problem. So we, uh, if anybody ever doubts chiropractic, he went from a 27 degree scoliosis and in four days, uh, we reduced that by 11 degrees. And 
want to give a shout out Dr. Nava right. in uh, Celebration, Florida. Yeah, and, and now, yeah, it's just a matter of time before he's straight as an arrow. And, you know, that's chiropractic and, and the traditional model. It's brace it and hope it doesn't get worse. That's, so that's chiropractic for us. I love it. Here, here's the chiropractic. I love it, Brian. Thank you for sharing that. You bet. Thank you. Well, Brad, unfortunately, the time's, time's up, up, man. And that it just so goes so fast. We talk about that every time, but it's it's been a great conversation with Brian. I've learned a lot. Again, Brian and I share many clients together, and we keep fighting the good battle, buddy. And uh, you're right; yep. we do it together. It's a great synergy here, the three of us, and what we do. You know, next week we've got an interesting uh, Jared Yellen coming to us. Uh, a tech oh, Jared, yeah. yeah tech entrepreneur and uh, uh he's going to be talking about some of the great things that he does and some of the angel things that he does and i'm looking forward to that conversation oh yeah we've got another event this evening we got to join too buddy we got to <laughs> yes, jump off do. and get involved in that we're not, we're not so. done yet we're going to be all three of us are going to be connecting again in about 20 uh 34 minutes listen uh best to your mom i hope i hope that goes well yeah i'm Thank sure courtney's excited to get you back to dc where it's going to be really cold and <laughs> yes. uh but uh then you're headed to arizona have a good time tra- travel safe going to that too i hope Thanks, that's bro. a winner winner for you yep all right guys Thanks, man. thank you brian thank you very much next week tech talk this is brad goss data doc and talk dr j And the Data Doc of Talk is Tech Talk. Today's show is sponsored by Kaizenovate. What does your custom dream app look like? Elevate your practice with Kaizenovate. www.kaizo-health.com.